Welcome to the Wellcast. The world has a lot to say. We're bringing a biblical perspective to those conversations. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Wellcast. Um, I'm Mike Sirsoni, and I'm joined uh, once again by Jordan Hogue. Jordan, how are you doing today, man? Today? I'm glad you're thinking about that. Usually we just like respond, like I'm good, but uh-huh. you know. Yeah, maybe you're today, not. Maybe you're hating life. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's been a rough day. Today's been today's been good. Oh yeah? Yeah. Okay. What's uh-huh. made it good? Um, I think, you know, you probably know the feeling of like, so I'm preaching this Sunday. Oh yeah. And um it's like always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. And really until this morning I didn't get any like real work done on it. That's right. You still have three days. And so well, yeah, but there's like family <laughs> days and oh, it's yeah. a weird, you know. Is that important? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't like doing it at night. I feel like I'm not like I don't know. I'm yeah. like letting someone down or something. Or, I'm sure it's gonna be great. So I got some real work done on it and really all I need to do is fill in the gaps now. So okay. it feels good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also am having a good day. Yeah. I had Butterfish today for lunch. Oh. Uh, again, not sponsored by Butterfish, <laughs> but uh, we'd take it. Their spicy uh, chicken katsu bowl mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a poke place. Yeah, and Mike gets chicken. I I used <laughs> to not get chicken. I used to get the tuna like sushi bowl. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, the chicken cashew or katsu. Just fried chicken. Yeah, fried chicken. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's Mike. Katsu. Fried chicken is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> with, with fried rice, it's, it's really good. Mike acts like he discovered fried chicken. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Jordan, uh, tell me, hey man, yeah, have you ever made a promise you can't keep? <laughs> this is my introduction to the prom- God's Promises series. That's good. I uh, I'm I have not. I don't. I try not to. Never make, broken a promise. Oh wait, I mean maybe broken a promise, but I try not to make promises i can't keep that's, that's just good. called lying you know who uh, always keeps his promises god he does indeed that's a good segue. and that's the series we've been in man. <laughs> we've been doing you see what i did there i do yeah only you could have put it that way <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we've been we've been walking through a series on uh, the promises of god really just looking for things that we can cling to in the midst of hard times good times whatever times that yeah you know because a lot of times we talk about god's goodness right and I think it's it's important for us to realize that God's goodness aren't tied is not tied to our circumstance, and so we've been talking about the the promises of God, the ways that we can measure God's goodness, and and through you know throughout Scripture. And today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, God directing our path. So our our passage today is Proverbs three, five and six, but. Have you ever had a difficult decision to make, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. No? I've lived a chartered life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never a hard decision. Yeah. I think probably one of the most shaping decisions that at the time I felt like, for, I mean, I got a lot of clarity from the Lord on, but was uh, I was in college and um, yeah, it was back in 2008. And uh, for anybody who is alive and in America... Uh, they knew that the economy had crashed. Mm-hmm. So That's um, when I bought my first house. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Before or after? Right after. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good for you. That was good. <laughs> Bad for them. Good for you. Yeah. And uh, so we, yeah, we like, you know, I think my 
family's financial situation changed a lot. I was going to a private Christian school in Riverside called Cal Baptist, and I had the choice of whether or not I was going to take on a significant amount of debt mm. into my adulthood. And um, I don't know why I said adulthood, yeah. but <laughs> into my adult years. And <laughs> I decided to not do that and move back home and finish my education at Fresno State. Okay. And um, yeah, that was a really, really hard decision, but ended up shaping the rest of my adulthood. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, you got mm-hmm. to use that word again. Yeah. It's good. Um, so yeah, I mean, there. I think no matter who is listening, we are all aware of, you know, different hard decisions we've had to make in our life. And yeah. And I think, you know, <laughs> did you ever have a what would Jesus do bracelet? Well, heck yeah. 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 So I had a what would Jesus do bracelet mm-hmm. and I rocked W-J-D. it. What color was yours? Red. Okay. Red yeah. with white lettering. Yeah. yeah. So I had a, I had two of them at different times, a black with white lettering oh. and, and a teal with white lettering. Oh, you switch it up. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you got to keep the, what would Jesus do? Bracelets yeah, it's real fresh. fashionable. Yeah. It's got to be fresh. <laughs> Dude, mine was, speaking of fresh, I remember mine was funky by the time I got rid of it. Yeah. It smelled yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Uh, no, but, but I think, you know, you, that concept, the, the bracelets are, were cheesy and you know, mm-hmm. whatever they were for that time period. Uh, yeah. But the concept of what would Jesus do is actually a really helpful concept when you're making tough decisions. Cause mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're, you're deciding between something that's good and good. You know, that's one of the things I know in student ministry we often deal with, um, yeah. which is like students going, which college should I go to? Yes. And, and you know, a lot of times God just wants you to, to pick one and he cares more about who you are when you get there than which one you go to. Yeah, we're in graduation season right now. And um, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with um, seniors that are leaving on just what the rest of my life's going to look like, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and I think, but I do think that there are some of those decisions that God really does care about because his word is, is pretty clear on it. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, today we're we're talking about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. And so the promise here is that if we, if we pursue Jesus, that God's going to make our path straight. So if, yeah. if, we're, if we're focusing on what He wants for our lives, and we're asking that question, what would Jesus do, or what would Jesus want me to do, mm-hmm. then our path our life is going to go in a better direction than if we're not. Yeah, we're going to be led by him as we trust in him. Yeah, and really we got to we got to talk about the importance of seeking guidance from God um, and how his promises throughout scripture can give us clarity and direction in our lives. Yeah, a lot of people talk about it like it's God's will. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, or his desire. Yeah, you could use will, you could use desire, mm-hmm. but just the idea of like what are the things God wants for us and from us in life. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the book of Proverbs because it's a little bit of a different book. Uh, and if you've never read it, you you may not know what it, what it looks like. So mm-hmm. Jordan, take us through a little bit of an overview of the book of Proverbs. We, you know, we know it's it's wisdom literature. Yeah, but wisdom literature. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's 31 of them. Uh, my mom used to say, one for every day of the month. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, it's written from the perspective of several different authors for different reasons, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be a practical, lively wisdom for every day. And oftentimes, wisdom is portrayed in a personified way. Mm-hmm. Like wisdom is this, a lack of wisdom is that. Sure. In like, you know, um, sometimes a woman or, you know, in certain ways. And um, 
it's a as a whole meant to uh, meant to guide mm-hmm. and um, to like that you can t- it, different than many other pieces of literature and scripture. You are actually able to take you know one verse, two verses in ways that maybe yeah they provided context from whole sort of pericopes or paragraphs or chapters. But really, you can take large principles. Like some of them are just like, here's one thought, here's one thought, here's one thought that make right. a whole. But these thoughts individually do teach different things. Yeah, and and with our you know our proverb today, verses five and six of chapter three, uh, what we're really talking about is the idea of trusting in God. It's it's the idea of you know, can we trust in God for the everyday things? Can we believe that He will actually make our path straight? Yeah, and, and so I think you know when we're talking about that, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I suck at that. Like I'm really <laughs> bad at trusting God. As much as that may sound weird coming from a pastor, but but I I really, I really, really am good at at trusting Him for salvation. But it's really hard for me to trust Him for the day to day, and that that looks like anxiety. We've talked about that before on the podcast. That looks like anxiety and stress and everything that goes along with it, because I try to control the things that are outside of my control. Mm -hmm. And then I read this and I'm like, if I just pursue Jesus, then everything is going to work out. I don't, it may not be exactly the way I want it, but God is going to, to make my path straight. Yeah. I, I mean, I might've said this a million times on here. I might never have, because it's something that I emphasize a lot, um, in my ministry, but, uh, trust is faith like um belief trust faith those are very like similar terms and concepts um in scripture and so like when we talk about like trusting in the lord we're saying like have faith in who he says he is right yeah and um yeah i think that but that's a difficult thing right because one we all have trust issues yeah in some way and then i think you're just like I think similar to you, I, yeah, most of the time when left to my own devices, I think I know what's best. Yeah. And so like, I mean, my idea of what's good may be different than his and that always creates difficulty in my trusting. And, uh, sometimes it like literally sometimes you just have to like trust that he's God and he knows more than you. Right. Yeah. And there's a tension there, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, we are the ones making the decision. It's not yeah. like God. It's not like God makes the decisions for us. It's not mm-hmm. like He forces our hands. That's not the God that we serve. So there's this, there's always this tension, man. There's there's a tension between I have to make a decision, yeah, and I also have to discern. Which maybe we should talk a little bit about what discernment looks like in in the life of a believer. But but I have to discern what is you know what what would be God's will for my life versus what is my will and they don't always line up and so you know we sometimes the the proverb talks about not leaning on your own understanding we oftentimes lean on our own understanding and you know this is seen in big in big cultural issues of the day right where the church is swaying back and forth and back and forth and sometimes we just have to ask God okay what is your will what is your desire um, and so I'm just curious, you know, where have you experienced that tension between making your own decisions, trusting in God's guidance or relying on your own understanding? Yeah, I think like the implication of this verse, right, is that um, 
like you have like God has a different or bigger picture than you, right? Right. And that his understanding is different than ours. And so the task of the believer is that somehow faith or trust is going to align you with his understanding. And um, I, I think... Now, are you asking for a specific example or you want to just know how this has played out for me? Yeah, I mean, I think just how it's played out for you. Like, it, it may not be a specific example, but how do you navigate that tension? I think there's a part of me that sort of has to accept that um, what he doesn't give us in this verse, and he could, right? I think the sort of caveat to all scripture is God could answer our questions perfectly if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. But he chooses to give verses like this, which say, hey, as you are connected to me, as you seek to trust me, I will give you my understanding. And then my understanding will give you abilities to make decisions mm -hmm. and to lead your path straight. Um, and so I think like, I don't know, very practically, I've got sort of this like belief that God is so big <laughs> that um, simply what he requires for me is faith and trust and belief, connection with him consistently. I think, um, and I think we talked about this with the last episode, but a um, all those things aren't blind because they're informed by all the th ways that he had. I have trusted him and he has come through for me and he has led my path straight, right? When I left college, I thought I was possibly making the worst decision of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I had left a like a hardcore party culture in Fresno that I didn't want to be a part of because I had become a new believer. Right. Um, I had I really didn't have friends. Uh, I didn't have a community. I didn't have a church because my parents' church had imploded, and the church was very important to me down south where I became a Christian. Mm. Um, and honestly, I didn't. I was scared. I went to Fresno Christian from fifth grade to twelfth grade. Right. And then I went to Cal Baptist. I was scared to go to a public university mm -hmm. <laughs> just very practically. Yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> you watch Christian <laughs> movies about the university and you're like, Oh yeah, they're going to try and just tear down your faith and do everything they can to destroy you. And, and, and so I was scared about all these things. Right? right. But what I did was I, I honestly felt like I had such a robust relationship with the Lord that I connected with him consistently and his spirit just moved me to say like, I know you don't, I have given you this discontent with your future being um, derailed by your debt. Yeah. And I, I can now look back and be like, oh, he was preparing me for ministry. Because I don't know if I would have had as much faith to say, okay, God, I'll sort of hand you over my ideas of what career could look like financially to get into ministry if I was saddled with $200,000 worth of student loans. And um, I moved back to Fresno and I started just like getting plugged in. There was a there was a church across the street from my family's home, and it was called the Well. Mm. And they had a college gathering. Heard of that place? Yeah, yeah. And my like I said, my parents' church was in disarray. I started getting connected. I walked into the office of the Well because I didn't know anything or anyone. I said, "Hey, I need community. Like, do you have life groups?" And they were like, "Yeah, um, talk to Scott Carolyn. He's our life groups pastor." And then Scott Carolyn was like. Hey, I like this guy. You want to hang out? And then we met consistently for years after this. Was my mentor. I met my wife Jamie when I moved back. 
um, all of my friends, all of my community, and and now ministry and calling have been shaped by that decision to trust, which seemed very absurd yeah. at the time. It's interesting, you know. You you talk about like the the good things that have happened because you trusted God, mm-hmm. and you know John Piper, one of my my favorite pastors. Um, <clears throat> he he talks. He says this. He says God's promise to make our path straight is not a guarantee of an easy journey, but an assurance of his presence and guidance every step of the way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure moving back was difficult on you in a lot oh, yeah. of ways. Yeah. You had to re, you had to re, you know, come into a new community and you had to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You had to stop by the Wells office and, and figure out what life looked like. Yeah. I lost, I mean, I, I would say I didn't like lose, but I said, se- I separated myself from an entire community. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. And I mean, I, st- I only keep in touch with one of those people now. Yeah. So what we don't want you to hear is, is hey, it's easy. It's easy. Hey, it's all going to work out. But the right? idea is, as you, I mean, as you followed what God wanted for your life, mm-hmm. it, it did really work out, but it wasn't easy. And he was with you mm-hmm. and he, he gave you guidance every step of the way. I'm sure he was the one who kind of nudged you mm-hmm. to to go to the Wells office in the first place. Yeah. Like he if you if you're sensitive to to what he's trying to tell you and we could do a whole episode on how God speaks to to people. If we haven't already talked about that on the <laughs> podcast, we might might have. But I think the idea is like I think he has this still, still small voice, this nudge, this this uh push of the spirit to to tell you uh Man, I think God's God's leading me in this. Yeah, direction. and I think when I said that um, my past decisions inform my current decisions, right? And in a way that like trusting has led me to be with God, and and He's led my path. It definitely hasn't been easy. And honestly, a lot of the decisions that I've made to sort of go in life my own way uh, and to not trust Him have led to some really bad stuff too. That yeah. informs it. Because I also have negative examples of places where I've taken the reins and just been like, hey, this is my thing. Yeah. And I'm going to try and control this. Well, really, there's, you know, when you talk about God making your path straight, there's two different kind of sections that you have to talk about. You, We've spent a lot of time talking about the amoral decisions, right? The the decisions that, that aren't moral or immoral, they're just amoral. It's like, what college should I go to? Should I stay in Riverside? Should I move back to Fresno? Yeah. Those are those are decisions that are everyday decisions, but there there are moral decisions that we have to make. And I think this passage really speaks to that as well of, mm-hmm. of going, okay, I have this is where I want to go. This mm-hmm. is my own understanding. Yeah. You know, the idea of divorce, and we're not we're not trying to beat people over the head with, 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 you know, their own, you know, sin or, or bad decisions. Yes. But the idea of, you know, divorce, it doesn't just happen like that. Like it's, it's actually a process of discerning what you ought to do. And, and so as you enter into that process and your marriage gets hard, yeah. you know, what, what do you do? Do you lean on your own understanding or are you asking the question, what does God's word say? It's not always easy easy to make those those choices because you know you have to sacrifice the immediacy of of having your own desires fulfilled yeah but at the same time we know that god has a plan and Mm -hmm. so when you look at divorce or you look at whatever sin i mean i i don't want to harp on divorce too much although i i do 
hope that if you're in the midst of that, you would ask the question, yeah. what does God want for my life? Can I give you like a quick example? Yeah, please. Um, uh, Jamie and I just taught in our uh, premarital class. Merge. Merge and um, we taught on sexual intimacy. Yeah. And one of the things we said was like, look, this is an area where you have to trust that what God's word says is better than what your own sort of desires and body are even telling you. Yeah. Um, because literally, you have a desire that yeah. draws you to do something that in one context creates wreckage and heartbreak and consistently destroys people's connection with each other. And in another setting, draws intimacy, beauty, and creates life. Yeah. And so you have to decide whether or not God's desire for your sexual intimacy to only be expressed in marriage, whether or not you trust him. Because you will not feel like it's the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you just won't. And, you know, people say, well, if you put the feeling into me, okay, well, actually, your know, feelings are kind of broken along with sin as well. Yeah. And so I, you know, I just use that as an example to just say, like, look, other areas too, everything in your life could be pointing towards something else. But if it's in conflict with God's word, he can shape you through the denial of those things and to trust him that his, you know, your path is going to be shaped by being with him and trusting him with that stuff. Yeah. And we've talked about like relationships within the context of marriage, but, but realistically outside of marriage is the same thing. You know, the, the idea of, um, broken relationships, maybe you have amends that you have to make and you're like, mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. It's but, uncomfortable. Yeah. But you realize that God's word tells you that it's a better way to live like finances to, right yeah finances how you handle your finances things things that god's word is is clear on just asking that question what does god want for my life mm -hmm. and, and that's the hope um jordan what are you know some practical ways as we think through like uh, submitting to god and letting him make our our path straight what are some practical ways that we can cultivate a habit of seeking God's guidance and, and acknowledging him in everything that we do. Cause it doesn't come natural, right? We naturally we're the flesh. Yeah. So really what we're talking about it, when we're talking about practical ways, we're talking about walking in the spirit Yeah. Uh, as we make decisions for our lives. So what are some practical ways we can go about that? Um, I think so you have to start with big decisions, right? So if you're talking big decisions, do I want to buy a home? Do I want to, where do I want to go to school? We, you know, I don't know, fill in the gap with, yeah. um, man, like, uh, scripture has a model of prayer and fasting for seeking the Lord's will on things. And, um, I'd encourage you to, um, create whatever, uh, I mean, I would encourage you to do it through food. <laughs> I think like, um, you know, oftentimes we talk about fasting, like, oh, social media fast or, you know, I think that's good. That seems more like abstaining than an actual biblical fast. Mm -hmm. um, and I know social media wasn't around back then. But uh, I think, like, I would, you know, skip a meal once a week or two and ask, really seek the Lord in that and trust that, you know, he's going to give you guidance through that. Yeah. Um, I think um, a mentor of mine said this at one point, and uh, I've never forgot it as far as prayer life being that, like, it's a, you pick up the phone at the beginning of the day and you hang it up at the end. And so what does it mean to walk by the spirit? It means to actually live your life with God. That's good. And as you do that, you're daily submitting these things to him. 
And that kind of gets to the second category of like, okay, my path is an ongoing thing. And if I think similar to the Piper quote, um, and I might have read this somewhere else, but like if if God is truly about the shaping of you while you're on the journey and that you would walk with him, be with him in that process and that the destination is not, you know, always what we're, you know, the, the destination for all of us is heaven with God, right? And so the desire would be to be with him in the, in the current. Right. And so pick up the phone throughout the day, talk to him. And then I'd say like, let other people in. Uh, you gotta, we've all known people who make a crazy decision and you're like, why didn't you talk to me? Like, (laughs) why didn't you talk to a friend? Like, what do you, and when you talk it through, you're like, oh my gosh, your thought processes were so twisted by this, you know, this presupposition, this feeling in the blank. And if only you had just like, let us in so that we could kind of provide you some perspective as you've talked out loud. Yeah. And so I would just encourage those two things like right away, obviously not exhaustive, but yeah, that's good. I I think, you know, those are the, I would say those are like the positive ways, Mm -hmm. you know, but there are some, there's some things you have to take away from your life also Mm -hmm. as you walk through that. So you talked about, you know, Bible study and prayer and fasting and, and some of the really good things that, that we can start to do but there are things we have to stop doing in order to also allow God to speak into our lives and and guide us and direct us. I think you know one of those things is uh, is putting less emphasis on what other people say mm-hmm. versus what God says. So I mean, like we, a mentality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we live in a in an Instagram age. Like you can get Instagram theology that most of the time is really poor, uh, not not well researched, or it's just not good stuff to be yeah. putting into your life. But all of a sudden now we're we're in an age where information is at your fingertips, and you can know what uh, some Hollywood celebrity thinks about an issue. Uh, you can learn what Taylor Swift thinks about you know this this topic. And all of a sudden now you're allowing other people who are finite and who are imperfect. And now you're, you're, you're having them speak into the, the, your, your worldview on things. So like our worldview is everything in Christianity. Is God at the center of your worldview or do you, you know, put them off to the side and only talk to him about the things going on in the world? That's interesting. If, if, you agree with what he says. So you're like, what you're saying is like, we all have circles of influence. Yeah. And you have to like really evaluate where these sort of like shaping things are coming from. Yeah. Cause we're constantly getting shaped. We're going to mm-hmm. get shaped by something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the old, it, it, that's like, that's like discipleship 101. Yeah, everything's discipleship. Like everything yeah. is shaping you. Yeah. Everything you let in, but what are you going to allow to shape you is the mm-hmm. question. And are you intentional about making sure that the things that shape you are God's word and prayer and, you know, the things of God, the people of God, the spirit of God. Yeah. Uh, are, so, I mean, are you willing to be disliked for doing what God wants you to do? Yeah, because you you will be, you know, and, and at certain times, like if you follow what God, God, God's God's diametrically opposed to the world. Mm-hmm. Like That's just the truth that who God is, <laughs> is, is diametrically opposed to the world. So, yeah. so you will the, not, I mean the world meaning like the way of the world. Yeah. The way yes. of the world. Not like a, cause we also know that God first, God so loved the world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but not, 
yeah, that's a different, yeah. that's a different context. <laughs> I don't want people to get. No, it's good. Yeah. But, but I think that's one of the things is you have to stop giving people voices into things that they shouldn't have voices in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And like, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day about like, he just thinks like rest, he's Christian and he, he thinks rest is weak. Hmm. And I was like, where are you getting this? And he sent me a video of an influencer who's like some ex-Navy SEAL who is like, I think this guy might be literally insane. <laughs> it was a like, Jocko Willink? Uh, no, it's this guy, David Goggins. <laughs> okay. And yeah, I, I've seen he, him. I'm just like, I don't think that guy has friends, bro. <laughs> or feelings. And like, and or love, yeah. All that thing in your brain, that thing in your brain that says, don't do this. <laughs> it's made in the image of God. Yeah. But like, just because he d- never rests, apparently... It doesn't mean you don't need it, and it right. doesn't mean that he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, he probably would be even better if he had a little bit of rest. And so in his I, life. you know, one of my shaping verses in my life is Psalm thirty-seven, four. Just delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. What that's what you're talking about. Yeah, is um, as you delight in the Lord, He shapes even your desires yep. and what you want to be influenced by and what you what decisions you want to make throughout your day. Yeah, and speaking of desires, the the last kind of negative thing, the thing that I think we got to take out of our life is the desire for instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Like we we make stupid decisions <laughs> because we want something and we want it now. It's That's like, a huge part, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like um, people don't like being in that in between, me included. Yeah, like if you've ever seen Willy Wonka, it's the uh it's the the girl in Willy Wonka. I want it now, yeah, daddy. Yeah, exactly. And and like that's we laugh at that because I think we laugh at it because we know that that's inside of all <laughs> of us. It's a pretty brutal mirror, yeah. Yeah, and and the, uh, it, it may not be chocolate from a from a <laughs> chocolate factory. Or maybe, yeah. It may Maybe, yeah, but but it's something. We have something where we're desiring yeah. instant gratification and we're willing to compromise our values and not ask what God wants or what God's timing is yeah. because we simply want it now. Yeah. And and when I say we, I mean we. Like it's me too. Yeah. I deal with this all the time. But I think instant gratification steals away from mm. Asking the question, what is God's plan for my life over time? That's a really good point. So yeah. I think those are the things. I mean, we have to we have to deal with the societal pressures and who we're allowing to speak into our life. And then we have to we have to really release the the desires and the the need for mm-hmm. instant gratification because usually instant gratification doesn't lead to life. Yeah, and we need to be more comfortable in the tension of not really being there yet, right? Yeah. We all like to arrive at places, but the journey is being with God yeah, and doing that every day. And um, yeah, I think that's a really good point, man. And <laughs> I'll reemphasize, like we don't have it figured out. No. And I think, you know, that's convicting to me because I've just recently was thinking through like just very, very stressed about something. I honestly can't remember what it is, which is, you know, a good perspective as well. Yeah. <laughs> Probably wasn't very important. Right. And I realized, you know what? I haven't asked myself, like, what does God think about this? Mm-hmm. Does scripture speak specifically to this? Yeah. Is there any truth? Is there any lies in this that I'm presupposing that I need to replace with the truth of scripture? Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's a lot of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Wellcast. We hope that your time with God this week is rich of you just submitting to him and asking him what his will is for your life. Uh, As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love for you to share it uh, and um, subscribe so that more people can hear the content. Uh, We appreciate you as the listener. 
And uh, we can't wait to be with you again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.